0: Welcome to the Encounter Church message podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Today's last one in the series is make a way for others. Make a way for others. And, And if you've been here for the last three weeks, you're probably sick of seeing my intro, but there's people here who've been ...here for the first time, so I'm going to give a bit of an intro of what this series has been about. Basically, God names and frames us, but this world names and shames us. And what that means is that it puts a label on you. It attaches a label from outside, and it puts it on your back and says, this is who you are. It might say, you're a child might say that you're a teenager. It might label you as middle-aged. It might label you as a, a 20-something. It might label you as a senior or a pensioner. We get categorised by this world and, and by life. And, and, and other ways is, you know, we get told you're a baby boomer. You're a Generation Z. You're a Generation A. I mean, I don't even know what I am anymore. And different ones say I'm this and different ones say that. Depends on which... you know. Constantly unlabeled, labeled, and and then we get labeled by occupations. You're an accountant, so you must be this type of person. You're a dentist, so you must be really boring. You're you you're 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 a pastor, so you must be a real nerd, or or, or you're a businessman, you must be shoddy. You know that we have all these kind of. Conceived categories that are constantly being put on us by this world, and and you know some of us are, are fathers and mothers, and and but we're daughters, but we're sisters and brothers, but we're we're board members, but we're bosses, but we're also colleagues. You know we've got all these hats and labels and things that we're carrying, and sometimes we step outside of that, or or we don't fit one of them, or, or the world's perception that you, you're not the typical accountant. You know you 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 almost feel the sharp. I'm, I'm outside of what you, it's like. We're constantly being Boxed in to, to some kind of mold. And, and, and when we don't fulfill that, there's often a shame in us. Oh, what's wrong with me? But God's not like that. God names us and frames us. And, and what that means is He doesn't put a label on you from the outside. He simply reveals to you who you really are. He's, he simply opens things up and, and, and allows you to identify. Who you really are. And then once he, he shows you who you really are, he frames you. And in other words, he gives you a new set of lenses. He, he says, okay, this is who you are in your makeup. Let me just kind of point you to what purpose matches that. Because that's going to be the best thing for you. And he gives us promises about our future. See, I said this last week. A promise from God is simply him telling you a future reality. Yeah. A promise from God is not a false promise. It's a promise. And so when he makes a promise to you, he's really telling you what the future will be. And he's telling you a future reality that he has earmarked for you. But we've got to walk in hope, trust, and faith to get there. And so our scriptures for today is in Isaiah 62, and it's verse 10 to 12, which is the last of it. And I'll just read it out, and this is what we're going to focus on. Walk out the gates, get going. Get the road ready for the people. Build the highway. Get at it. Clear the debris. Hoist higher flag. It's like a pirate, isn't it? Hoist. Hoist the flag, Mahardis or Mateys or whatever. Hoist higher flag. Pirates of the Caribbean when I say that. A signal to all peoples. Yes, God has broadcast to all the well. All the world. Tell daughter Zion, tell daughter Shepherdin, Golden Valley, look, your Savior comes, ready to do what He said He'd do, prepared to complete what He promised. and Zion, Benella, um, Benella, I said it right, didn't I? Golden Valley, Tatura, will be called new names. Holy people, God redeemed, sought out, city not forsaken. Yeah. Let's proclaim it, let's believe it. I believe God's gonna change the self-esteem and image of this whole region. That's what we're believing for. My first point today is make room for others. Make room for others. Now, this first section of my message could be a little offensive, okay? It could be offensive. So I'm warning you to if it offends you, just be brace yourself. It's not personal. You know, someone in this room, they've told me they're unoffendable. They're unoffendable. That's a superpower I'd like. Like that's a superpower. If you could be unoffendable, how good would life be? I, I want them to pray for me so I can also be unoffendable because I get offended. So if I offend you, don't take it personal. I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to help you to be who you're meant to be. Now, this is how I might offend you. I just want to tell you right now, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not. This life isn't about you and it's not about me. This church isn't about you. The whole Christian message isn't about you. It's not about how others can fulfill our needs or, or our preferences or how we want things. See, when you do the same thing year after year, and some of us who, who've been around a little longer, you get comfortable, don't you? You like things how they, 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 they should be. And I've just had my in-laws staying with me for a month, and they went home yesterday, and, and they had this thing where they like to pull the kettle plug out the wall <laughs> in case there's a fire or something. I like to keep it plugged in and turned on so I can just flip the thing on the kettle. So I, I flip it in the morning and ten minutes later there's no water, it's the cold, they pull the plug out. That's what they're comfortable with. And this is a constant battle every time they stay with me is this kettle in the morning. But they're comfortable with that and I'm comfortable with how I like things. But, but when we do the same thing, the same rituals, we get comfortable in it, we like it. You know it's, it's really easy when you're comfortable but it's harder to get uncomfortable again it's almost easy to be uncomfortable and stay uncomfortable because once you get comfortable again it's really hard to go back to the discomfort you know like starting a new job it's, it's hard it's easy sometimes to stay in the job because I know it I've been there for a while and and when we kind of get in this comfort zone we, we can often we become inward focused don't we like, we, we, we know when we're there, we start nitpicking little things. You know what I mean? There's little things that kind of no one really cares about. We start nitpicking. We become inwardly focused, and it becomes about me. We get prickly about every little thing that's not being fulfilled for me. And see, but when our preferences are more important than making room for others, then I've got a problem. If my preferences become more important than making room for others to meet Jesus then I've got a problem. I'm in the wrong place in my heart and I've got to go before Jesus because it's not about me. It's about his kingdom and it's about the gospel and it's about uh, people far from God coming close to him. Let's not be religious. Let's be Christians. We often say we're not religious, don't we, in Pentecost churches, but we are as religious as any denomination in the things that we do. But Christianity is a relationship uh, with the Father. It's, It's relationship. Jesus talks about, don't follow the traditions of men, but but follow me. And the Jews that got caught up in all these, the Pharisees and all these traditions, that traditions came more important than the actual relationship with God, and it clouded their perspective, and God hammered them for it. God is about bringing people far away, close to him, bringing those that are far and near. And we see this, Jesus says, then the God, Jesus says, the Great Commission, go into all the world. See? The commission from Jesus as he left is for us to go into all the world. In other words, leaving our comfort for discomfort. That's what our mission is. It's not about our preferences. It's about following his will to go into all the world. What did Jesus do? He's in heaven. He's the king of kings. He's got a throne. He would have been breathing the air of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven. It would have been pretty nice, I reckon. Pretty comfortable. He comes down and takes the form of a man would have been discomfort to come into the body of a human man and then lived on our earth, living the, leaving the atmosphere of heaven to come to a sinned, fallen world. That would have been really uncomfortable. And then he got up on a, put on a cross and was tortured and crucified. I reckon that would have been uncomfortable. See, Jesus is about being uncomfortable because he was making room for humanity to come to heaven. And that's our mission. That's our mission as a church, your mission as a Christian. is not about my preferences, it's about how can I make room for other people. Isaiah 62.10, I'll just break this up as we read it. It says, walk out the gates, get going, get the road ready for the people, build the highway, get at it, clear the debris. Clear the... In other words, what's he saying? Make a smooth path for people. Don't make a little path, make a highway. He doesn't want just five people coming into his kingdom. He wants hundreds of thousands and millions and billions. He's saying that we need to create a highway because he wants more than mer- he wants more people. He wants lots of people coming to his kingdom. He's saying with their scripture, if, if, if there's a valley, fill it in. If there's a mountain, pull it down. I want it to be a smooth pathway. I want to make a way for people where there is no way. I want to make room for people we often think we can sometimes think that we should make it hard for people to meet Jesus i've heard this that there should be hurdles because god paid a great price and we shouldn't take it cheaply we people need to it should be hard to meet jesus we shouldn't make it too easy for them or else they won't value it well you know what that is actually false doctrine false theology the gospel is called good news for a reason if, we, if, we, if it has to be hard to meet Jesus, then that is a works mentality. It, it means I have to work. It has to be hard for me to meet Jesus. But the Bible says the gift of God, the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. It means it is easy to receive. If, 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 if Kathy brought me a gift that she'd worked hard for and made and went and wrapped, it was work for her. I just receive it as a gift. It's easy for me. I'm just receiving the gift. So it was hard for God. He paid a great price, laid down his life for humanity, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life and live forever. And he took our place. But for us, it is easy to come to him because it's a gift. If it was hard, then it's works. And that is not the gospel. We receive our gift by faith. After being a Christian, you'll go through some tough journeys probably. But to get to the door to hear the message should be easy. And then it's up to each individual whether we choose to accept it or not. But God doesn't want barriers. He doesn't want blockages. He does. he's, not. He's, he's saying, clear the way. Make a highway. Make it smooth. What are some things we've done over the years to make it hard for people to meet Jesus? It's probably not as many as there used to be. But I remember when I first became a Christian, I had to learn a new language. Anyone else? You, had to, you came to church and they were, they were speaking like in this foreign kind of Christianese. You come to church from normal society and it's like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, brother, how was your week? Amen. And they're like, what, what is this? This is weird. What, I have to learn a language to join this club? Like, that's hard enough work as it is. And, and then you'd come to church and there'd be great messages that are theologically deep and rich. And But 10 people understood it. You know what I mean? Like, the, the the gospel's supposed to be it's for that anyone in a room, whether you're the, the cleaner, the bus driver, the doctor, the accountant, unemployed or homeless, you understand the good news. That's what Sunday morning's about. I love theology more than anybody. But Sunday morning's not necessarily the place for it if our purpose is to save souls. Yeah. It's for our connect groups. Yeah. So I hope I bring some of it, but there's um anyway, I'll continue with that in a second. Sometimes I remember when I first started going to church, people we're in little clicky groups. You know what I mean? When you get comfortable with friends, you hang out with your friends. But they're in their groups because they don't want to see the new person behind them. Because then I have to go say hello to them. And I don't like new people. and It's uncomfortable. But we only get one um, opportunity at a first impression. And you know what? We're here at church is to make everyone feel welcome. That everybody has no reason to go home and say, nobody talked to me in that place. We should be the friendliest place in Shepparton. We should be. Because we have the love of Jesus. The thing we used to do was this. Someone gets excited, they want to come to church, and they start coming, and they want to serve. Well, wow, you've got you to prove yourself. You've got to do a course. You've know, you got to do a course, and you've got to do this, and then we've got to look at your life to make sure you're morally perfect in every way, and then maybe you can serve on the door because you know, you're representing the house. You know what I mean? we're, we're not as bad as that now, but, but you know, there's, there's things that we have to do with that. depends on the role, but we, we want to engage people. We, we don't want to put blockages and barriers in the way of people. We want people to be able to come in and join and have no reason to not be happy. Charles Spurgeon is a great evangelist. Famous, you know, from the past, old school conservative. Hundreds of thousands of people met Jesus through him. And this is what he said. We could put that up. I am determined as far as ever I can to preach the gospel plainly and simply so that everybody may understand it. Everybody may. You know, you can get up here and do this great, incredible, deep message. But man, if if the person off the street doesn't understand the language and can't hear the gospel and respond, then we failed. We failed. Jesus spoke in simple, everyday language with simple stories that the common man and woman could understand. We need to make a smooth pass, path for people to meet Jesus in this church. A smooth path for them to come in. Kathy and I often go on drives around, you know, northern Victoria here. And, and many people have said, you've seen more of, of northern Victoria than we have. And, you know, you only be here seven months. And I just love the countryside. I think it's beautiful. Nice and flat and, and farms and canola. I think it's awesome. But if I'm driving along and I get to a gravelly dirt road in my car and it's low to the ground it's not a four-wheel drive I tend to just not go that way I'm looking for nice bitumen roads that aren't going to put stone chips in my car and get it dusty you know but people are like that if they get to a point where there's this rocky kind of road in front of them it's too difficult to join this church or engage with God they just go on another path that's a bit more smoother and easier you know, so why don't we make incredibly beautiful bitumen pathways into God's house for people to encounter Jesus? And hopefully, we're doing that with Hope is Born in December. Awesome. Okay, this is good, isn't it? This is good so far. I think it's good. Okay, my next point is make it known. Make it known. In other words, raise. A banner is the scripture says. So verse 10 to 11 says, hoist high a flag, me maides, a signal to all peoples. Yes, God has broadcast to all the world. In other words, put up a banner, put up a, a, a flag. A, a, it also means a motto. And what they would do is, before they go into battle in the past, and maybe there's some Game of Thrones fans here. I wouldn't have seen that because, you know, I couldn't have watched something like that being a pastor. But you, many of you, you kind of might be. And they have those houses in the Game of Thrones, Um and, and they have symbols on them and, and representing the families and the houses. And, and, and in the Bible, they did this too. And, and Scotland, Ireland in the past when there's wars. And, and, and what they would do is they'd hoist a flag and it would go up high. And it was, it was basically their crest or their slogan of what they were going to battle under. And maybe there's thousands of people in that army, but they could see the flag in the distance and they could see where it was going because it was above everybody's heads. Or they would get up on a hill and, and they would um, raise the banner. In other words, lift it up for everybody to see. And then everybody of that tribe would come around it because obviously there's an announcement or some direction going to happen. So the Bible talks about raising a banner. The banner also, like I said, it can be a, a motto which to wage war or a motto to be unified under or identified with. So this is saying, hoist a flag, a signal to all peoples. And over the last seven months or eight months since we got here with the staff and some leadership we've been putting together three words to be our banner, three words to be our flag, three words to be our motto for 2020 to live under. And we're going to launch that Envision Sunday at the beginning of February. We're going to put it on the building outside for all to see. But today, I'm going to tell you what it is, because we're going to give birth to it today. <laughs> birth to it today. But well, we're launching it and raising it for 2020, beginning of February. And... Um, Hope is born is next month hope is born so we're going to birth this motto today and I want you to digest it in your heart over the next, over Christmas think about it how can that apply to my life how how does that fit for me how can I join under that banner what does that look like for me and my family and for this church would you like to hear what it is yeah. firstly I was at youth alive a few a month ago um, which is a, a, a young people's kind of worship thing that they had in Melbourne with thousands of kids, and we went to it. And in worship, I heard a still small voice, this little voice in my heart, and it just said, raise the banner. Raise the banner. And I was like, what does that mean, raise a banner? And then I realized, we've already been making a banner. We've been doing it for seven months, and God's just saying, now's the time. I want you to raise the banner over this church. Before I say it, I'm going to give you a scripture that we've been using, and that's like a, going to be a foundation, and it'll make sense as we go into the motto, Okay. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, 16, you are the light of the world. Jesus says, you're the light of the world. This church is the light of the world. Why? Because Jesus is inside of us. He's the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good, good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We believe as a church and as individuals that, that, that we are the light of the world. Because Jesus said we are. Because He is the light of the world and he lives inside of us. We want to be a church that, that that is like a lighthouse to our community, that shines in dark places, that we're not hiding in the backstops, but we're here to do business for Jesus. So our three words, I'm going to explain it to you in a second, is bright, bold hope. What does that mean? Well, you as a person and I as a person, us as a church are bright. We are the shining light. You are the light of the world. We believe we're bright. We believe that our life is to illuminate in our community. We believe that your life should stand out amongst your work colleagues and in dark places and in the community. We believe this church should be seen and not be hidden. Bold. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. That we are righteous in Christ. We have nothing to be ashamed of and we are bold. We are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation. We believe to be courageous and bold and not shrink back. And hope, we serve the God of hope. Hope, hope, hope. The God of hope. What is hope? Hope is a temporary state until the promise is fulfilled. Hope is that God will fulfill his word and his promise. Until that happens, we're in a state of hope. When it happens, we've already got it. But until it happens, we're living with hope. So we believe that your life and this church is to be a bright, bold hope to this community, to Shepparton, to this region, that we have answers because our God is the bright, bold hope. Jesus is the bright, bold hope of this whole region. He is the answer. So we're going to launch that officially out on the wall, ready for the beginning of February. Pretty cool, isn't it? That's, the banner. That's what a banner is. We unify and identify under it. People say, what's that church about? They're the bright, bold hope. They serve the bright, bold hope. They have the bright, bold hope in them, and they're going to make a difference in this region. I believe the best days are ahead of us. The best days for your life, the best days for this city are ahead of us. See, Jesus valued this region and every human life in this region so much that he came and died for our sins. And I believe he wants to give this region and each of our lives a new identity, a new self-esteem, a new way of thinking about ourselves. My next and last point is hope will be fulfilled. Hope will be fulfilled. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. But it's according to his timing. Like I said last week, it's not according to my timing or my season or why I think it should happen. He'll do it in the way that he does it. He'll do it how he wants to do it in his Timing, Isaiah 62, 11, tell daughter Zion, tell daughter and look, your savior comes ready to do what he said he'd do, prepared to complete what he promised. See, when hope is fulfilled, there's new optimism. You know what I mean? When, when hope gets fulfilled, there's a new joy. There's a new zeal. Maybe you've had a disappointment. and It can be crushing when things don't go the way you thought or a promise doesn't come to pass that you expected or somebody betrayed you or or whatever. We can go into states of depression and darkness. But when hope comes and and the promise is fulfilled, all of a sudden everything opens up. There's light. There's illumination. There's joy. There's optimism. It's going to be a better day. All of us need hope. This city needs hope. Families in this city need hope. Businesses need hope. That's what we're believing for. That's why it's called hope. Scripture last week, I read Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. When our hope and our promise is fulfilled, it's like a tree of life with fruit and joy and blessing. Jesus wants to give us a new identity. At the end of the day, he names and frames us. Isaiah sixty two twelve, which is our last scripture... Zion, Shepherd will be called new names. Holy people, God redeemed, sought out, city not forsaken. See, he wants you as an individual and this city to see yourself how he sees you. That's all he's doing. He's changing your perception that is false because you've said, I'm a loser. Nobody would want me. You know, you've spoken words over yourself, and this city speaks words over it, itself. Oh, and who'd want to live there? That's this, but the, nothing happens there. We've got to stop these words because we've got to start speaking the words of how God sees this city, how God sees the people here, how God sees Encounter Church, how God sees your life. He's just getting you to realize that you need to align your thinking with how he sees these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he names us holy. He names you chosen, loved, cherished, valued. The Bible says that you are a royal priesthood, that we are a holy nation. The Bible says that Jesus says that we're kings and priests of the most high God. He says that you're a son and that you're a daughter of heaven, that you are a child of the king. They are the words that he speaks and the names that he speaks over your life. Cherished us so much that he gave up his place in heaven temporarily to come to earth, to suffer for us, to take our punishment, so that we had room in heaven. He was making room in heaven, maybe leaving his preferences to lay his life down for you and me. Amen. See, I believe that he wants to give this whole region a whole new self-esteem. And it's a bit, this is what I kind of can see, is, you know, when you've got these inner city suburbs that have maybe been industrial and got a bit of a bad reputation, and then all of a sudden some hipsters like Dan and Jess, you know, hipsters like Dan and Jess move in with all their kind of lattes and cappuccinos and they open a little coffee shop and then because it's cheap rent and then another kind of restaurant opens up because it's another cool coffee shop and then the hipsters start moving in and buying the factories up and turning them into studio lofts and all of a sudden there's a bit of a renaissance of that whole region and it becomes really expensive to buy because it's the in place to be. Well, I can think, I can see that happening. I can see young families coming, new developments coming to this region, businesses coming in. I can, you know, God can do anything. He can change the community and, and change our image of ourselves. I should be like the mayor of Shepherd in here, shouldn't I? I feel like a politician. Because our vision's got to be bigger than the vision of our church. Because the church is to be the salt of the city. Our church should be the light of the city. Our church should be bringing fragrance to our city. It's not about us as a club. It's about us affecting our whole community. And as the music guys start to head up, I'm going to start to conclude. I feel like I must have missed missed something. It's just flown for me. But anyway, it's been very good. Okay, as I conclude today and the musicians come up, you know, God wants us to go out of the gates. God wants us to go and build the road. God wants us to go out and create a highway. He wants us to make a smooth pathway for people to come into His presence and have an encounter with Him. At the end of the day, if they don't have an encounter, they choose not to, that's our human right. That's our free will. But we shouldn't be the reason they don't come to meet Jesus. We should make it as accessible to know God as possible. But you know, sometimes that's hard. It it, it means I have to lay down my preferences, I have, to, I have to go, this is my preference, Lord, but I'm going to lay it down to you. Sometimes we've got to lay down how we want things and think things should be so that he can do his work. You know, we all have our traditions and the way we think things should be and we've always done it that way. But if we're going to be the church that God has called, caused to change his region, we've got to stop going, that's how we always did it. Because we'll always get the same result. We've got to go, hey, how can I do things differently? What's something fresh? See, Jesus came... And he shaked the whole thing up. If he had to come and just be like the rest of the Jews, nothing. He came. God himself comes and is a catalyst for change. Jesus came into that culture and brought change. He did things differently. He was criticized. They tortured him because they thought he was blasphemous. But he was the Messiah. Sometimes we got to do things unconventional. Bright, bold hope talks about being unconventional at times. If we want to just be status quo and comfortable, fine, if that's what you want. But if you want your life to make a difference, then we've got to get out of the boat. We've got to break the shackles off. You know, sometimes maybe, I don't know what age you might be in here, but maybe you need to join join a soccer club. Maybe go join some tennis group or or, or, or or group out there where people don't know Jesus and you can be the light in there. Maybe go on a cruise overseas. You've never been on a boat. Let's live life. Be adventurous. Do something outside the norm that you've always done. You know, Shake off some of those things that you've had about yourself and start life again maybe maybe it's time to make some choices go hey I'm going to live life to the full you know I'm going to be unconventional That's just some personal advice there so yeah it's for free okay (laughs) yet if we make a clear path our friends can come our grandkids can come our sons and our daughters and our brothers can come and have an encounter with Jesus but we're going to raise a banner we're going to let people know who we are and why we're here We're not going to be ashamed of it. We're going to make the good news of hope clear and plain, believing he will keep his promise and give us a new name and a new frame to live out of, a new set of lenses. My last scripture, I haven't got it there, is Jeremiah 29, 11. God is saying this to you today. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm. We're going to change it. He's not here to harm you. He's not here to put roadblocks in your way. He's here to prosper you. He's here to see fulfillment in your life. He's he's here to see your purpose that He's called you to come to pass. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hope. Hope. You know, if if we had hope, how many people would never have committed suicide if they had hope? How many people would have got out of bed and not been depressed for weeks if they just had hope? Hope is powerful. It's not false. When it's in Christ, hope causes you to get up another day hoping God will cause you to get breakthrough and you could give up in this hour when it's going tough but hope will let you go another few years to when the door is going to open and then you will have a tree of life because hope the third makes your heart sick but when it's fulfilled it's a tree of life I believe the best days are yet to come your best days are in front of you and not behind you They're bright bold hope it's a great frame or lens. You, you can look at Great Bold Hope is a lens that we're going to live out of as a church. It's a lens that, with glasses that we're putting on our face. Amen. Good preaching. Why do we stand today? And, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray over this word, over your life. And, and you know, we have prayer after the service. Just over to the right here for personal prayer. So if you want prayer from this message, you really feel God spoke to you, or you just want prayer for anything, after the service, go straight over there, and there'll be people to pray for you. But if we could close our eyes, we'll feel comfortable. Jesus, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your words that have been spoken today. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, Father, that they would go into hearts and, and hope is born. Hope, Lord, arise. Let this banner, let hope uh, um, grow inside people's spirits today, Father. I pray that you would give fresh vision. I just kind of felt someone's, God's going to give fresh vision to some people. You're going to see some things that you've not seen for a long time. And it's like an awakening. He's going to cause your eyes to open to some new possibilities that, that you've never seen before. And you go, wow, where did that come from? I wasn't expecting He's going to give some new vision. But I'm praying for hope to arise in every heart, Father. And I pray, Father, for your plans of prosperity and blessing and fulfillment on every family, Father. And any person who's struggling and self-esteem, Father, and, and anxieties and fears, Father, we pray, Father, hope into that. We pray future into that, Father. I break every every bondage and, and every everything that comes against your purposes on people's lives today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to speak to people afresh this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together for God. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us at Facebook at encounter.shepperton.